Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 141. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about uh, shooting doubles drill during a recent training event. Uh, for those of you that don't know, doubles drill is, it comes out of the Practical Shooting Training book by Ben Steger and Joel Park. Uh, it involves shooting an eight-round string uh, composed of four pairs uh, at seven yards. We also shot this at 10 or I'm sorry, at 12 and at 15 yards. Uh, what we're looking for in this drill is the split time inside the pairs. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to get splits under 0.25 seconds. Uh, we're right into that, kind of that divide between a predictive shooting on the second shot and a reactive shooting on the second shot. Yeah, and I think this um, drill's a little bit like the one drill that we did two weeks ago um, or a couple or a month ago, whatever it was, where you were kind of, what was your reactive versus predictive kind of shooting mentality except with the the double now rather than a single um and and then adding the number of other rounds into it changes the drill dramatically yeah yeah this drill is really focused on your grip yep um because you have to you have to be able to maintain a proper grip on the pistol uh, for that eight round string uh, or else bad things kind of happen and then also within that pair um maintaining the proper grip allows you to get that second shot off quickly and uh, close to where the first shot went because yep. uh, we're trying to maintain a USPSA A zone um, the entire time. Sure. Um, guys, I want to, I'm going to, I don't know Ben Steger or Joel Park either personally, and I haven't read this book soup to nuts cover to cover, but just with a little bit we've done out of it, the suggestions that they make toward cues for you as the learner um, and some other things that they do within the book to give you an idea of what it is you're trying to accomplish at different shooter levels. Um, I, I'm going to say this is one of those books that if you don't have it in your library as a, as a serious defensive shooter or a serious competitive shooter, either one, um, yeah. you, you probably should. This is, this is um, I, I, you know, there's so much stuff out there available on the interwebs where you can just go watch a video or this, that, or the other. And, and I definitely am a believer in the easy button, as it were, um, but this book goes into some depth that I don't feel like you get a lot of times in videos because a video is a short clip of what an instructor teaches in a class, but that class might be an eight or 16 hour class and you're getting, you know, maybe a 10 or 20 minute video. Obviously you're not getting the depth, even if it's a breakdown of a specific technique, tactic, or procedure. Um, in this case, this book is a pretty deep dive into a whole lot of different things. Um, the stuff that you brought to the training table with this out of that book has been Every time there's maybe not an aha moment, but a, oh, I got to fix that moment. And at this point, I've been doing this for a long time to have a book show me where to fix something versus an instructor show me where to fix something. Or one of us, one of the guys we shoot with who's very, very knowledgeable, who can communicate is a pretty rare event. Um, the, the book is freaking outstanding. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, so it may make my eyes cross when I go to read it. But the stuff I have read out of it, the excerpt or the, the clips I've read on what we've done, it's like, okay, there's... There's the cue. There's the, there's the, okay, why am I doing this? Okay, I get that. What am I looking for as I do it to correct um, are some great cues to keep an eye out for X, Y, or Z, and that's where you want to correct. That's, these are things that are probably going to go sideways. Um, in that regard, it's outstanding. So, so if, you know, there's just a shameless plug to those guys, and we don't get a kickback. We don't get anything out of it, um, but it is, it is so far incredibly solid, just a little bit I've dealt with. Yeah. So, um, Brian mentioned 
the the grip aspect of this. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I you know, I, I grew up shooting guns, and I really, you know, thought I knew what I was doing, and I had some rabbis uh, teaching me how to shoot guns at a very early age who were very, very good with the with the idea around the fundamentals, like the NRA style fundamentals of shooting a gun. Um, grip, stance, trigger control, sight alignment, breathing, um, natural body position, natural point of aim, and, and things of that nature. And those things are all, those things all have their place and are important in different aspects of shooting in, in different situations. Some of them you can, you can work without, some of them you absolutely cannot. Um, the, the foundational aspect that this drill requires, like Brian mentioned, um, it's something that, you know, kind of had a rediscovery of that doing the predict the, the reactive, not predictive stuff last time where I found out that, you know, at, at five yards, was it five yards and then 10 yards or was it yeah, five, 10 and 15? Yeah. So at five, you know, at five yards, you know, no big deal, um, to put rounds exactly where I wanted them. Um, almost blindfolded kind of mentality. This is when we were shooting confirmation drill. It, yeah. Yeah. The confirmation drill. That's, I couldn't think of the name of it. Um, and, and so th this is, I, I, I'm almost think like this is kind of like the next logical step forward from the confirmation drill. And that's probably why it's in the book in that fashion. I, I don't, I don't know. Actually it's, it's out of, out of order. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Our, our recommendation to shoot doubles drill came from Dustin at okay. Ohio State. Okay. Uh, so Dustin, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this, this opened the eyes of a whole bunch of guys. Yep. Um, there were a number of shooters that kind of came to the realization that they've been gripping their pistol wrong um, for the last well uh, forever maybe years or yeah decades. yeah maybe forever and 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 uh, I'll I'll even you know and I'll I'll throw somebody else under the bus here um Shrek uh, John McPhee also known as the Sheriff of Baghdad um, he does a, a you know kind of a really brilliant if not super exciting class where he videos you shooting guns. Um, and basically sets up your foundational aspect of shooting a gun. And he takes, a, 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 I mean, he goes so far into the freaking weeds in setting you up. And, and you know, again, growing up around guys who shot professionally, um, who were at the top tier of the game at the time, uh, I learned a whole lot about each shot, but, the, it, and, but never like the second, third, fourth shot. Um, I learned a whole lot about getting comfortable in a position because these guys, their baseline was shooting a qualification you know, a 60 round qualification course that these dudes could all smoke. Um, none of these guys were USPSA style competitive shooters. Some of them shot PPC and stuff like that back in the day, but all situations where you had more time to yeah. shoot than anything else. Um, the idea of doing IPSC USPSA was kind of new, even in the LE world, especially in the LE world back then. Um, and, and so I, I learned a whole lot about lining up the sights and pressing the trigger without screwing it up, but I didn't learn a whole lot about maybe doing it faster and faster and faster. Um, and, and so some of the things that this brings to light are some deficiencies I've probably needed to correct off and on for an entire lifetime. Um, and so it, interesting stuff, the, the foundational aspect of squaring off on the target you mentioned, um, and, and you guys, if you're, you know, this will be a week off, but the newsletter last week talks a lot about, you know, using your body as a turret and stuff like that. But that good body position, are you squared up on the target? Um, where are your feet pointed? Where are your hips pointed? And yes, you can rotate and move to different targets, but all this comes into play with the musculoskeletal interaction of your body. If, if you're squared up on the target and lined up properly, and then you get that good grip on the gun, you're so much more consistent. Wow. Consistent. Like, yeah. like consistency <laughs> is like the mother of accuracy or something yeah. like that, right? Uh, just to chime in, all of that. You know, scoring the hips up to the target and tank turn things. 
uh, all that was was taken from Mike Panone yep. at a CTT Solutions class I did a couple of years ago. Yeah, and um, and that's so also and that's also a concept though that's not a new concept. The concept of you know uh, of of rotating off the hips, using the legs, dropping a knee to turn, and stuff like that, but maintaining your upper body for control. That that those are not new things. Um, and I think he, I think Panone would probably tell you that too. You know what's what's the the, the magic is. There is, there no, is magic. no magic. Okay. Um, and, and most of these guys too, that are, you know, most anyone who's been in firearms training for the last, you know, 20, 30 years will tell you that they're standing on someone else's shoulders. Um, there are guys who came before them who made all this happen and they're just reteaching what they learned and maybe putting their own little twist on it or tweaking it. Um, but building on that foundational aspect all the way to the grip. And, and I, I don't know, I, I guess I've always just felt like, you know, grip it, grip it, rip it, you know, kind of mentality. And there's some little tweaks there that start to make a difference with some of this stuff. And maybe especially as I'm getting older, I don't have the same grip strength I used to. I don't have the same visual acuity that I used to. Um, you know, so some of these things are starting to come back into play, getting off the dot, which is like cheating and going back to iron sights and doing some of this stuff too. Um, I, I'm really glad that I ended up where I'm at without the dot for the moment. I will have a dot on the gun here soon again. But that foundational aspect, this just really gives you very specific things to work on as you run this drill. So what I what I so let's run through what the drill was and talk and then I want to talk specifically about my experience with it because sure. I did it real quick and I had some kind of like some shit blow back at me like oh look at that yeah 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 so again you know at ten or at, we shot this at seven yards twelve yards and fifteen yards uh, it's really important that each shooter has their own target and that you don't paste. Um, the target between runs or between distances because uh, one of the things we are looking for is to see how your pattern of shots develops and there's a lot of a lot of takeaways based on where those shots are landing yep um, I actually I, I had to run this kind of like rapid fire too yeah because uh, I was running the timer for everybody else um, and again we're this is it's eight shots we're looking for four pairs uh, we care about the split time between the pairs, uh, or inside the pairs. Inside say. the pairs. Yeah, yeah, inside the pairs. Yeah, shot to shot. Um, shot to shot inside the pairs. Uh, you don't have to run it from the holster. You can run it from the ready. If you want to take a, a quick breath between pairs, you're welcome to. Because, again, all we care about is the split time between the pairs. Um, it also gives you an opportunity to adjust your grip or to move your grip around or whatnot you know, between the pairs. Uh, to kind of figure out what that perfect grip feels like. Yep. And there's a lot of emphasis in, in this drill on feeling uh, because we need to feel what the grip is supposed to be so that we can repeat it in subsequent runs. And by feeling, we mean tactile sensation. We don't care about your feelings. You, you said feelings, plural. Yeah, we don't care about your feelings. We're it, when by feeling we we mean your tactile sensation. Um, yeah, how 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 it tactilely feels the interface between your body and the gun. Um, if you have feelings, we, we don't we don't we don't care about your feelings. Just want to make sure we're clear about that. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, cool. one of the one of the main things when we are gripping the pistol, uh, a lot of times we'll hear just you know grip the pistol harder. Uh, that is both correct and incorrect at the same yep. time. Yeah. Uh, it's really important to grip the pistol. We'll call it firmly um, with the strong with your trigger finger hand. Uh, we're trying to grip the pistol with the pinky finger, the ring finger, and the middle finger, um, such that we only activate the lower tendon in the arm. Um, in your in your forearm, you've got two main tendons. 
You got uh, one at the bottom, one at the top. Um, thanks to Brian at UA, who learned this tidbit. Yeah. So shout out to him. Uh, by doing that, we're able to keep the ability to operate our trigger finger independent from the rest of the grip on that hand. Because uh, the trigger finger kind of goes back to the tendon on the upper side of the arm. Yeah. Um, as much as you can keep yeah. a, a digital phalanges motion separate from other digital phalanges, which is yeah. incredibly difficult. Uh, and then we want to absolutely crush the gun with the support hand. Yep. Uh, so so grip firmly with the, with the trigger side hand. Uh, absolutely crush the gun with the support hand. Yeah. Uh, what that is percentage-wise, I don't know. I don't care. But... Because I think it's, I think if you start looking for a percentage, it slows down the thought process. Yeah. Versus hold the gun firmly with your strong hand, activate the lower fingers, your your three fingers, your middle finger, your ring finger, and your pinky. Um, activate those fingers, but isolate the trigger finger, and then smash the shit out of the gun with your other hand. I, I don't. I, yeah, the, it was, the percentage thing. Yeah, and the percentage thing is not something. It's not a bad thing maybe to tell a new shooter who has no concept that hey, you want to hold the gun differentially. You want to hold it tighter with one hand than you do with the other. But I think that that's been that that message kind of overshadows. I think at times the proper way to hold the gun because yeah. it's like a dumbed down way of doing it versus saying, look, this is specifically what I'm looking for out of this hand versus what I'm looking for out of this hand. Or it might work fine if you're doing you know, NRA slow fire at 50 yards. Sure, 50 sure, sure. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the other thing that doing a grip that style will do is it allows you to rapidly move your trigger finger. Yeah. Uh, one of the takeaways from the book is, you know, because we're shooting these pairs, we're generally shooting them pretty rapidly. Uh, most guys were, you know, the whole string was over inside of six seconds. Yeah. Uh, the, it's the called like the sixth shot or the eighth shot um sometimes that pair takes like half a second and it's because they were gripping the gun too tight with their strong side hand okay and then they couldn't actually move the trigger finger correctly well and again and and everything's related within your hands it's very hard to isolate trigger finger movement so if you start to fatigue the hand or you're gripping the crap out of something that's where you run into your you know all of a sudden losing the ability to and i don't have the ability to run the trigger finger fast anyway um, I've never been capable of ridiculous splits. For me, if I dropped below a 2-0 split, even when I was fast, that was crazy for me. Yeah. Um, and I and I, and I got that shoved down my throat again Monday night. Um, so here's you know so yeah, the, it, it understanding and breaking that down though, um, that doing you know that grip properly is what allows the trigger finger to run a little quicker. Uh, I would I and mean, I would also opine as does practice. Um, you know, and then also just ability. Um, I, I, there are certain guys out there who can just, they can move their freaking fingers faster than other dudes. Um, I watch Mac J, and sometimes he's a freak on splits. Yeah, um, I mean, and yeah, can like muscle point, the control aspect of like it. 0.16, 0.15. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the, you know, shooting, we're looking for those quick splits. Again, this isn't so much a visual drill, because uh, yeah. we're using a lot of, you know, either just being oriented correctly, and we're up pretty close uh, or we're shooting like a confirmation to visual picture. Yeah. Uh, so we see some part of the sights on the target and we're sending the second round. Yeah. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to use old school terms. Um, when we say like when we're, you know, we're using kinesthetic alignment, um, to reactively shoot, basically using what it feels like to have the gun in your hand and knowing where it's supposed to be, um, is what somebody might call point shooting, but you're doing point shooting 
as if you were looking through the sights, not doing the old Fairbairn sight stuff where you're shooting with a bent elbow with the gun, with the elbow against your side and the gun down low below your, yeah. your eye line. Um, it, it's point shooting, but it's point shooting from a normal shooting stance, normal shooting alignment, what we think of as modern isosceles. Um, when you start getting into, um, you know, some visual confirmation might be what someone would call like a flash sight picture. Um, the FBI at one point took sights off of Glocks and taught guys how to shoot them like kind of down the top of the gun or down the corner of the gun, same thing versus that hard sight alignment, that perfect sight picture mentality. Um, you know, that's kind of the variation of the things we're looking at here. And at seven yards, you know, I, I think it's, it, for me at five to seven yards, I'm, I, I'm generally okay. Not really even looking for the gun. Yeah. Um, our, our, one of our buddies, uh, who's an LEO and, and trains regularly, I was actually shooting like a 12 inch steel plate at 25 yards, um, and about one, seven, one, six, one, yeah. seven, one, eight without really chasing the sights, just with that, that kinesthetic memory, that muscle, muscle, musculoskeletal alignment mentality. Um, and it, so it is a trainable thing for sure, but it requires some skill and some time and some effort and some yeah. input and some work to get there. Um, so but can I jump into my experience with this real quick? Sure. Okay. Um, at, at, at seven yards, I kind of, because you're at seven yards in the A zone on an, uh, an IPSC target or USPSA target is fairly forgiving. I thought I was doing pretty well. Um, and when that was put in perspective by a guy who trains a whole bunch of people how to do this was that you start looking at angular standards. We talk about angular accuracy for rifles, MOA or mills. Um, I probably really wasn't shooting all that well, honestly, even at five yards, even though they were in the A zone. When we stepped back to, or seven yards, pardon me, when we stepped back to 12 yards, um, that was where I could really see not have it wasn't that I wasn't holding the gun tight enough I wasn't holding it I just wasn't getting good alignment on the gun mm -hmm. and as I sat there and looked at my grip on the gun I'm like well this is why then it was fairly easy to look at that and then when I went to 15 yards my times actually got lower and my accuracy I dropped I dumped a couple of shots but the accuracy actually had some a couple of the doubles were really solid and I would like to do more training specifically on the doubles because I do like the idea of putting a couple rounds in quickly um, I don't want to do the two shot assess thing. Um, but you know, it, it just felt like that little bit of reminder about, Hey, let's fix this a little bit because we focus so much on coming out of the holster fast without the perfect grip and making things work versus focusing, getting the reps and getting out of the holder a holster perfectly. And I think that pushes into what you're seeing. Some of these guys that are optics, pistol trainers like Scott Jedlinski, um, and some of the guys out there teaching that kind of stuff, they're really pushing that perfect, hook on the gun, getting the gun exactly where the hell it's supposed to be. And a lot of this stuff that they're doing with the ridiculous time frames, they probably could do without the dot. They could do it just through that kinesthetic alignment. And then the dots, the confirmation. Um, and you always have to see confirmation if yeah. it's real. You've got before you drop the hammer. And I, I think a lot of people lose out on that foundational aspect of making, practicing getting the gun out a lot because it's a pain in the ass to reholster, especially carrying appendix to reset and go, reset and go, and reset and go, it's a lot more fun to rack it and pull the trigger, rack it and pull the trigger, and rack it and pull the trigger. Um, but you're cheating yourself on that. And I think that's kind of what I've been missing. And that's actually something I've started doing since we did the dot stuff or did the confirmation drill. Mm -hmm. There's a little more of that practicing just getting to the gun, not even getting it out, just getting to the yeah. gun, then just getting it out, not getting it extended and doing some of that. Um, and I felt because I'd done that practice, when we got to do the doubles, I was a lot more able to diagnose right off the bat, you're screwing this up, and here's why you're screwing it up, because I could feel it. Does that make sense? Yep. And then the second shot, the confirmation on the grip, 
it told you if you did it right or did it wrong. And I, and it was it was blatantly obvious with a couple of the shots that I dropped off the A zone where it's like, okay, that th- this is what needs fixed. Yeah. Bada boom. And unfortunately, my training night was very abbreviated. I was only able to shoot with you guys for 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was able to run this drill. But that gave me some stuff to practice and to think about, which is what a lot of these pistol shooting training book drills do is they give you stuff to fix. They help you identify what's going on and either give you the confirmation that, yes, I'm doing it right, or no, I'm, I'm not doing it right. How do I fix it? And if you can't find it from there, go seek professional training. Yeah. So um, these last couple drills from that book I thought were outstanding. So yeah. cool. I'll stop preaching. Uh, yeah, a couple other you know big takeaways. Um, when we send a pair, you know, ideally they're both going, call it like, you know, we're aiming at the A that's imprinted at the target. Uh-huh. Um, both of those rounds should be there. Um, we had a, a couple of people that their first round was either way low or way high, yeah. or vice versa. You know, <clears throat> the second round then being really low or really high. Um, so there was a lot of overcorrection or over input with the strong hand. Okay. Um, is we've actually was causing that, along with possibly some anticipation of the recoil. So they're pushing the gun down. Um, and then not not providing as much support with the support hand to kind of stabilize things. Uh, another a couple guys, uh, as the night progressed, they, their grip improved. Um, they were able to track the dot on their pistol through recoil. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good you know, immediate call confirmation or report card that they were doing things correctly because they could see the dot, you know, the entire time through recoil. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, when we think about what's going on with the pistol, uh, from a physics standpoint, uh, that is a very violent action. Yeah. So if you're able to to maintain the grip such that you can see that dot, you know, as it's slamming around on the slide, um, you're doing things well. Yeah. Well, you're controlling the gun because you're not yeah. letting the dot move so much, or the front sight, or the dot move so much that it's either coming out of the window or coming out of where your visual focus is. The reality is, your human eye is really good at super clean focus right in the center of your visual yeah. aspect versus moving offline of the center, you might see motion better and see other things like that and might have, you know, I think they say night vision's better at the periphery, blah, 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 blah. What? Okay, maybe. Um, but definitely your visual acuity is better in the center of your sight, you know, where you're looking and keeping the sight there as much as possible and as calm as possible makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, a distinction too, um, at five yards, we were chasing what I guess you might, military would refer to as like a hammer. So generally, you should have two sight pictures for every shot you take. Yeah, this you should is have, a, let's call it a predictive pair. Well, now, but I'm using, but, uh, I want to okay. use common nomenclature so that people who don't know what a predictive pair is can say, okay, this is kind yeah. of the, kind be of the a, same thing. Be a hammer pair. Yeah, be a hammer pair. Be, and, and, I, and, the, and the distinction, again, there is going to be there should be two sight pictures for every shot you take. There should be the sight picture before the shot as you're squeezing the trigger, and then there should be the follow-through sight picture afterward where you find your sights and make sure you did everything right. Um, and so with this, there's going to be a sight picture at the beginning. You're going to fire two rounds and then a sight picture at the end. There's probably not going to be a sight picture in between versus going to that reactive. Now you're finding that front sight in between. So if you got back at distance, we were chasing a little more the reactive aspect to it because knowing at 15 yards, not very many people can shoot a pair, can shoot a hammer and put them exactly where they want. Um, so then it goes from being predictive to being reactive. Um, and that, that was part of the confirmation drill was figuring out the distance at which you could do that. And I think, pro, I, you know, again, I already knew that I'm not going to be able to shoot predictively at 10 or 15 yards. I already proved that was singles. Why would I think it would be better with doubles? So that actually, when we looked at the time mm-hmm. and we looked at the targets, 
um, and talked through it during the debrief. Mm-hmm. I think most people were actually like partially predictive, even at twelve and fifteen. Uh-huh. Um, and that got so that got better. Uh, one as grip improved because we could track the sights yep. through recoil. Uh, so we had that call it the confirmation to that flash sight picture. Yep. So it wasn't entirely predictive. I don't think it was entirely reactive. It was somewhere yep. in between. Um, but you know, we're still seeing splits in that like point two. Yeah. Which if we think about human reaction time, if you're not tracking your sights through recoil, um, it's a predictive shock. In in world class reaction times are like point one five. Drag racers are 0.15 to 0.12. Formula One drivers with the lights are like 0.21 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, generally they're, you know, and like I said, I know that like the the drag racing on the tree, if you're not cheating the tree and you're generally going off reaction, the fastest people, the best reaction times in the world are 0.15, 0.2 at best. Most people can't process faster than 0.25. Yeah. Most normal human beings in a normal life. And then you go with the surprise aspect of a violent encounter it may be better or worse, depending on tachycardia, psychicardia, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, there's a ca- tachycardia. Tachy, tachy, there's a freaking tachy. It's not tachycardia. That's a heart attack. Um, really, really fast heartbeat really fa- breathing. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> in, in, the, in time slowing down. Yeah. Essentially, that, 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 that suspension of time thing that happens to some people. Um, yeah. So, you know, b- breaking that down and, and thinking about it in those terms, um, that you just described, though, exactly what I experienced was that when I got back at distance, the shots really weren't any worse, and to some extent they were better, with the exception of one of the pairs where I just muffed it. Um, but the times were just as fast for me. They were as fast as any of the ones at seven yards for me. So then I think that was the kind of the discovery, kind of the aha. I fixed this at 12, now I'm at 15, and it's and I'm doing the same thing at 15 that I was doing at 12, maybe even at seven. So, again, learning occurred, um, and it gives you something to practice. And I think if we'd have done that drill – if we were to go back and revisit that, you know, a couple more times, I think you would see, I don't think you'd see necessarily speed improvements, but I think you'd see massive accuracy improvements yeah. as people work on their grip. And, 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 and I would also, guys, if you're looking at this, this is geared toward competitive shooting. When you watch a uh, GM USPSA shooter, and it seems like he's just running through, just hammering on stuff, just ta 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 Then you look at the targets, and you go, oh, well, those are pretty close targets. Well, that's cool. Let's see you do it. Um, the reality is these are guys who practice this stuff and understand exactly where they don't even need the sights to where they kind of need the sights to where they absolutely have to use the sights. And that's what we're trying to learn and ingrain is where can I do what. Yeah. The other thing um, to bring this back to you, call it like practical applications for defensive shooting, uh, our friend Brian from UA uh, again brought up the fact that looking at body cam footage, security cam footage, dash cam footage, all that kind of stuff from real world uh, law enforcement encounters, once the fight starts, nobody's shooting that like 0.5 splits. It's all in the like 0.2, 0.25 range. So training to work properly, you know, at this kind of speed is actually really important. Yep. Yeah. Because that's because that's where you're going to go. When you go into panic yep. mode, that's where you're going to go. Or you go into that reactive mode, that's where you're going to go. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, again, an, another great drill. I, I really, even the 15 minutes, I literally picked up something that's going to change, that's already changed the way I practice. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with this, you know, you need a shot timer that will give you splits or record all of your splits. Um, it is really important to get that data. Uh, have you know a clean target when you start make sure everybody's on their own target yep 
and then don't tape things up. Uh, within the book, there's some expl further explanations for what's going on based on what your patterning looks like. Mm -hmm. um, as we step back in distance, we're looking for the pattern to open up concentrically. Yep. We don't want to see is kind of like a diagonal line on the target. Um, yeah. If you do see that, that gives you information on kind of what's going on or what you can fix. Um, so again, yeah, check out the practical shooting training from Ben Steger and Joel Park. Uh, highly worth the, I think it was like 28 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Well, just out of the last two drills, I'd say I've got my money's worth out of your purchase. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good, good book. Um, and, and guys, you know, this, this is also, you know, the group of guys doing this are, are not new shooters. Um, we, we've got, you know, guys with literally decades worth of experience on the line and they're picking stuff up from this and, and maybe, and I won't go so far as like aha moments, but I'm going to say aha moments. I think there's some people having some, Oh crap. Um, and then intuitively you go back and you're like, you know, I think somebody probably told me that at some point. Um, but, you, but we're, we everybody's chasing, everybody's chasing the newest, coolest, not the fundamentals. And, and it, it's literally boring mastery of the fundamentals. And these things are that, I, I, and I'm going to have to eat some crow here and take some things back because I kind of joke around, you know, the NRA instructors or your grip and your stance are the most important part of shooting. Um, I, I don't necessarily still agree with that in just raw shooting. The grip matters for the second, third, and fourth shot. Um, and your stance, um, it, you, may, you may not get a vote in where your stance is when you are in a fight. So, so assuming you're going to be able to perfect those things, whereas hammering the living crap out of your sight picture and driving the trigger perfectly are things that you've got a little bit of control over to some extent working those, but working the other stuff still matters too. how you hold on to the gun. Yeah. So, uh, and honestly, if your drip is really good, your trigger press becomes a lot less important. Yes. Especially on a striker fire pistol. Yep. Uh, one of the, and this is, I want to say listening to the practical shooting after dark or discussions here in the store, uh, again, I think with Dustin from OSU, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the, the NRA pistol instruction stuff actually comes out of the rifle program. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense when you're talking, you know, high power rifle or service rifle up at Camp Perry, um, doesn't really apply to shooting striker fire pistols or even DASA pistols when you're doing practical shooting slash defensive shooting. Yeah. Um, works great when you push into a 1911. Yeah where you have literally no trigger movement to make the gun, you know, next to no trigger movement to make the gun go bang. But it, yeah, I agree with that. And I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective because I missed that conversation. So, um, yeah. So grip, grip is super important. Um, one of the other things, you know, to kind of reiterate that, um, check out John McPhee and his wrench yep. demonstration. Yeah. Uh, where he has somebody properly grip the pistol and then takes a, a big, um, Close like, end wrench and just wax at the trigger and guess what the pulse go where they're they supposed go exactly to. Where they're supposed to. And and again and he's and he's doing that at relatively close distance. That's probably like a five to seven yard drill, something like that. Um, but seven yards is twenty one feet, and that's yeah. that's statistically there and in there where things a big happen. Room in most people's houses. That's it. And that well, and and again statistically, that's where almost everything happens. Even in the LE world, thirty feet and in, twenty five feet and in, twenty one feet and in, whatever. And in the civilian world, twenty one feet's a long damn way if you're shooting. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good stuff. Um, things were learned. But back to if you're not out doing this kind of stuff, you're probably not improving. And I don't care if you grew up on a farm. I don't care if you were in the Army. I don't care if you've been shooting your whole life. 
um, if you're not out trying to learn some new things and clean up what it is you're currently doing, um, you're, you're, you're probably not as good as you think you are. Get out and do some work and, and learn some new things and train up and see if you can improve just a little bit incrementally. Um, can yourself today kick yourself from yesterday's ass in the face with a front flying snap kick via Pat Mac? Something, yeah, like, something that. like that. I may have extended that quote a little bit. I paraphrased it. I yeah, think, so. can, can you today beat your clone <laughs> from yesterday? There you go. Or something yeah. like that. I like my version better. It's more fun. It's colorful. So, <laughs> um, cool. On that note, as we come across fun training things like this, they often get posted to our social media along with new inventory we get into the store. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as long as those commie bastards let us stick around. Yep. Uh, we also do an email newsletter once a week. It comes out on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website at capcityoutfitters.com or send us an e email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we'll add you to the newsletter list. Also on our website, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. And then lastly, please come and see us at the store. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Uh, we're in front of the Aldi's. We're uh, directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. And we're here at 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. We look forward to seeing you soon. Mafongo. Mm,